Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, the podcast where we drink and read the Bible because it's just more fun that way. My name is Justin. I am a former evangelical, former pastor, former Christian, and now just living my best life as an apostate. I'm not a heretic. I'm, a, I'm an apostate. So I'm joined with my by my lovely host from across the coast. Hey, yeah, I'm Tori. I was born born and raised evangelical. Definitely thought I was going to be in that for pretty much my whole life. And um, I decided that it was not for me. And so, yeah, now I find the Bible sort of funny and I like, I like reading it because it's so incredibly bizarre. And as someone with ADHD, bizarre things are really fascinating to me. I also lost my voice this week. So sorry about that. I'm going to do my best to keep it for the entirety of the show, but yeah, I went camping. And so it was worth it to lose my voice. Absolutely. I love a I love a good a good camping, but the the smoke is, you know, you could do without that. It kind of kind of does you in a little bit, but it was super super rainy, so we kind of had to like keep the fire going. But it was fun. It was good. That's good. Happy place. Yeah. You're for it. You need those little happy places cuz existence just keeps going just won't stop <laughs> it just doesn't seem to stop yeah i just i, I just want to name that it's been a rough couple of weeks yep just generally we're not going to do our typical this week in evangelicalism because they just keep winning and we're kind of emotionally depleted right now <laughs> yeah and we're both just kind of we're kind of sad about it so what we're going to do is we are going to Kind of just scroll through Christianity Today, the website, and Good just, times. just see what's on there. This is going to be just kind of an experiment. And then we're going to talk about our dream cancellations, who we dream of canceling us one day. And maybe you all can make that happen. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I just, I don't know, like the Christianity Today thing. It's like, why are you, why do you, why are you asking people for so much money? Like, don't you have ads and stuff? But yeah, how many ways did you count? We kind of looked at the website earlier. How many ways did you count for Christ- that you could give to Christianity Today just on the homepage? Just on the homepage, I feel I see six. It says give now. You can become a sustaining partner. You can do plan giving, which is just like give us your shit when you die. You can do matching gifts with your employer. There are apparently other ways to give that are just like miscellaneous, I suppose. And then you can also give by check. 
because it is 1992. Because people do that still. <laughs> because people do that still. Well, I mean, I guess probably a lot of people who uh, still find Christianity today relevant probably do use checks. So that is probably very valid. Got to know your audience. Occasionally, I do have to write a check, and it's always the same thing. It's like, oh shit, where did I put the checks? <laughs> I don't. I don't know where I have any checks at this particular moment. I think I do. I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, Christianity Today, they really want your money. If you have money to throw away though, however, please give it to us. Yeah, give it to us first, then give it to some kind of abortion provider second, and then some mutual aid third. Yeah, that's uh, and not if you supposed have to go. Money after that, uh, do all of what we just suggested again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Christianity Today does not need your money. No, they certainly don't. So this was a fun article that I found on Christianity Today. This one says the gospel doesn't always have to come with a house key. That's that's how the article starts. That is the word salad that they served up. Uh, it's hard for me to even read. I've also been drinking. Um, this is about the power of introverted hospitality in an extroverted world. Again, word salad. That's, that is word salad. And I don't know how I feel about this, honestly. It kind of feels like they're asking the introverts to host parties, even though they don't want to. That's not cool. Let's just feel like that's not my gift. You know, you can marry Martha this situation. Like if, if hosting is not your thing, just, just say so. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Don't get bullied into hosting things. Yeah. So moving on, we rejected this article. <laughs> Do you have another good one? Oh gosh, the articles. I'm just like, I'm really, I'm really stressed out right now because I thought that like, so their front page, like, or their landing page or their homepage is like leading in love on today's complicated issues, which Justin very astutely pointed out immediately, like just stop hating gay people. It's not actually complicated. Totally agree with that. But I'm like really curious about like the way that they have this sort of setup because they're like, I thought it said readers. I thought it said 4.5 million readers reached every month. Like they're just putting like their stats out. It doesn't say that. It says leaders. 4.5 million leaders reached every month, which I don't, I don't know how that works. Does every person that reads Christianity Today is a that, leader? Are, are they a leader? Or is this like an advertising Amazing. thing where like if you like read Christianity Today, it like makes you a leader? I honestly, I think there are probably people in churches that I pastored that certainly thought they were leaders based on the fact that they read Christianity Today. So that's fair. That is an excellent point. That is an excellent point. That could be it. Yeah. They brag about the fact that 35, 34% of their audience is outside of the U.S. Because like the West is, is rather quickly, I think, Justin, you pointed out a stat about this earlier, leaving at least, at least evangelical Christianity, not slowly. Not slowly at all. I don't remember. I don't remember. Was, were you saying that it was like Southern Baptist or was it someone else? Oh, <laughs> yes. So the uh, Southern Baptist Convention reported a 19% attendance drop due to COVID-19. So the Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the angel of death, you guys. Angel of death has come. And, and I'm sorry, taken... I shouldn't even joke about that. Well, so fucked up. Yeah. It, I mean, if you're not here for fucked up jokes, what are you then here for? Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, th but that, that's astounding. 20% attendance dropped and they, they attributed it to COVID-19. So that may, leads me to believe that this is due to deaths, maybe, or just people leaving. I don't know. Okay. So I have a thought about this though, because like Southern Baptists, I know that like a lot of places have Southern Baptist churches that don't acknowledge the fact that they're Southern Baptists, which is a whole thing. But like, 
a preponderance of those churches are in places or are made up of congregations that kind of reject like COVID safety protocol out of hand. So I think these are places that like weren't shutting down. Like if you were in a state that wasn't requiring you to shut your church down, I think they were probably like continuing to meet on Sunday in person without masks. And yeah, like the average age of like white church attendees at least is getting higher and higher. I don't know. I feel like maybe, I feel like maybe they did that to themselves a little bit. Yeah, I believe so. Which is terrifying. They did report an increase in giving though. Because all these people who've passed away have like left all their shit to their churches. That's probably fair. I'm sorry. That was dark. Oh, yeah. It was planned giving. Yeah. Planned giving. Make sure that you're right with the Lord. Leave I, the church. Your I shit. guess I hadn't actually put together that planned giving does mean. <laughs> That's what it means. Giving. So when you're you in there like their, their, their will. Like you put, you put, which I'm sure my parents are going to do this. I'm sure that there's some like prosperity gospel preacher who's going to get all my parents shit when they die. Like Creflo, gar- Creflo dollar. Yeah. Gonna... Creflo dollar. Creflo 90 cents after tithes. <laughs> I mean, the man, the man, it's like that guy's title is Prophet Dollar and no one finds the suspect. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. He's a prosperity oh, no. gospel preacher that calls himself Prophet Dollar. Prophet Dollar. Brother Prophet Dollar. Brother Prophet Dollar. There's another, there's a live event here on Christianity Today asking, if, should your church get political? This is the live event is asking, should your church get political? Okay. Understanding the legal, theological, and pastoral considerations of political involvement for churches. I mean, actually, that doesn't sound terrible given, I don't know if you saw the video of the Reverend Dr. Greg Locke uh, this week. No, I did not. Where he was saying that uh, Democrats are demons and they should leave the church and you can't be a Christian and vote Democrat. And a friend watch of the pod, me, yeah, watch me, I will, I will, I will call myself a Christian as I vote Democrat just to see. I will, I will tape your eyes open. <laughs> Have you watch it? Yeah. Friend of the pod, Andrew uh, Seidel, I think filed an injunction oh, like, nice. on their nonprofit status for that, because that's definitely political speech. So, I mean, churches should actually be considerate when they do consider getting political, but being politically neutral is a political statement. Mm-hmm. And it's very privileged. And the thing is, it's like, you don't have to be, what's interesting about this to me, right. Is that like, I've, I've just been very struck over the last like month or two about the way that like, and, and, and like maybe more so over the last several years about the way that, that like things like having a uterus that is politicized, right? Like I, as someone who has uterus did not choose to be born into a country where that was political, like that was f- like fair game for like political football, right? I didn't choose to have my blackness politicized. Like that was written into the goddamn constitution. So like when you're saying like, should we get political? It's like, you're already talking from a place of our, like the, the structure, like the system in the US like has not politicized you. You were so protected. You were so insulated by the system that you can have these, you can have these conversations and it's just like, it's just a thought experiment. That's, that's all it is. Right. Because it it does not affect you. And so on one hand, like, yeah, I think it does require you to be like really, really thoughtful if you were going to engage in politics. And I think that frankly, I think that there is a place for that. I mean, the entirety of the civil rights movement was organized in fucking churches. Like that's just facts. 
And, you know, but it also worked because white people didn't go to black churches. So it provided some privacy in that way, but it was, it was still kind of, it was explicitly political a lot of the time, but it, it was we didn't choose to be politicized by like the laws of this country. Right. So if you're saying something like trans kids deserve to be protected, we are protecting trans kids. Like that's only political because somebody turned it into like a thing that politicians get to like, hmm, huh, what would happen if, right? Like they just get to ask these dumb questions that do not affect them at all. And they think don't affect their kids or anyone that they know. Yeah. So I think that there's like, there's kind of a line there, right? Where I feel very, like to me, like Black Lives Matter is not a political statement. <laughs> like it is not my fault that like my body was politicized and my life matters. That's not politics for me. That's like life or death. Frankly, that's, to me, that's a, a given. Right, like, right. It shouldn't <laughs> it shouldn't be political. Yeah, and I think that that is the difference. Like what I think of politics in churches, I think you know, arguing for the dignity of and the the dignity and the shared humanity and the the need for justice for black and brown people. That is a political thing. That's also not telling people how to vote necessarily. That's just saying like this is where we stand on this political spectrum. So I, I do feel like that is different than say what Greg Locke is like... doing, where it's like, you know, if you vote for Democrats, you're going to hell. Like that is very different. You know, now as far as like free speech and like protected religious speech, if Greg Locke wants to like say like the Bible, you know, says that you shouldn't, you know, man and man shouldn't be married. Like, fine. You can say that in your church if you want. Like, right. Right. Yeah. But bringing in a political person and saying you need to vote because of the Supreme court, that's a different level of political. So I think there are like, there are layers to it in the sense that, you know, like LGBTQIA bodies are politicized in this country. So saying anything about them is inherently political, but that that's not saying vote for this candidate. Which I mean, I, I don't know. Did you ever go to churches that did that? Because like I I definitely I remember one time the Republican candidate for governor of Oregon came to our church, just happened to be at our church the Sunday before election day. And like, oh, guess who's here, guys? Yeah, like this the it's funny so way subtle. churches get around that. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he just happened to hop in today because he just says church going man. <laughs> right. He's Catholic. Shut up. Yeah. And that's so I one of the first churches that I was at. There's this lady that she was real into politics and she she would like set up a little booth in the foyer to register people to vote. And I always joked that like if I tried to go, I, I joked like I want to go there and try to register as a Democrat just to see if she'll like allow me to do that. Oh, like, yeah. You know, it was like yeah. one of those things like yeah. register to vote. But it was also like, I bet she would lose your registration if you registered as a Democrat. You know, like I have a feeling that that, you know, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, I must have misplaced your registration. Yeah, so it is it is tricky. So, I mean, yeah, I guess good on them for like wanting to have a conference about it. But it's also like, yes, I think your church should be political, uh, but there's ways to be political that are still don't endanger your tax exempt status. Well, and I think that like, I mean, if you're not going to be clear about the kind, the kinds of politics that you are discussing, I feel like that is also kind of a problem. Yeah. People shouldn't be surprised. Right. Yeah. This should not be a like, oh, what am I going to get here? Okay. It's not a McDonald's happy meal. Like, I really want to know, like, what kinds of politics are you talking about here? 
Because yeah, I mean, for a huge number of people in this country, like trans kids having rights and black lives mattering, like those are, those are inherently political statements. Right. And so like, in order to be polite and not talk about politics, we don't talk about civil rights. Right. We don't talk about bodily autonomy. Hmm. That, that is an interesting angle. Um, I don't I just, know. I'm just, I just want to know. Well, that's an interesting angle in this. I don't know that this, it's difficult to know what is strategic and what is just dumb luck. Mm, That's a good point. But it is interesting that by politicizing that, it makes it so that fewer people are likely to talk about it. You know, like, so Black Lives Matter. Like, to me, that's a very innocuous statement, frankly. Like, that just like... That's that's the bar. Like, the bar is on the floor. Yeah. But by saying like Black Lives Matter is political. Well, now you've in some in in this like low level way kind of policed it to where like fewer people are going to actually talk about it. It's not going to be talked about in churches as much. It's not going to be, you know, because to say that is to make a political statement. And you could say the same thing. There's a lot of things that get politicized, like wearing a mask, wearing a fucking mask during a pandemic became this like political statement. And like like I have friends from my private Christian high school who haven't like left their hometown that are like fighting tyranny by not wearing a mask. I'm oh like, my God. Like you, like wow. you are a sad human being. I'm sorry. You are, you make me sad. Like make, oh, make, no. make God have oh, mercy no. on your soul. Oh like, no. <laughs> you really think that that's tyranny. Oh, like you've left, you've lived such a privileged life. Right. That they like don't know what actual uh they don't know what harm is, like what actual harm is. So it's like, oh, it's wearing being forced to wear a mask. Not getting my not getting my dirty air on people. Yeah. And so sad. This pastor friend of mine, he did this super long Facebook video that I I don't know, God, I don't know why I watched it, talking about how he's not wearing a mask because, you know, he said, because carbon dioxide can get hung in there. Look it up. But then but then in the same thing, he's talking about how it doesn't protect from anything because the germs get through. And so I'm like, so the germs are smaller, smaller than the carbon than- dioxide <laughs> molecules? Like, huh, that's some pretty fucking small germs. Yeah, man. They're like subatomic germs at that point, right? Wow. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. That's, that's pretty crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or like the people that were like, you know, your genes don't keep out a fart. How's a mask going to keep, out? you know, it's like, okay, that's actually kind of funny, but like and also that's not what your genes are for that's not what your genes yeah the genes aren't made to contain parts <laughs> oh memories my gosh. like cute uh-huh. time when we would debate these things oh my gosh oh speaking of live events tori oh, um yeah. you might want to go to this one this one is uh reimagining biblical womanhood part two continuing the conversation more quote-unquote real talk about the personal and professional challenges facing christian women in leadership mm, i just dry heaved a little bit um, that sounds awful. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me, how would you reimagine biblical womanhood? I would imagine biblical womanhood is being not having a gender for starters. <laughs> biblical gender fluidity, biblical agenderhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. This sounds letter, terrible. This is like a letter I'm to hor- the editor. <laughs> I am horrified by this, like the very idea of this, like I just, the Bible and gen- like using the Bible to please people's genders, like, mm, which again, it's like, shows that you haven't really read the Bible very well. That aside. Yeah. Are you saying I should crash this event? 
just be like, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me. I just constantly put, click the little like hand up button in the Zoom <laughs> meeting. Zoom. Like, shut up. Excuse me. Um, so in the Bible, um, it says that would be neither male or female. I don't understand the premise of this entire conference. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, if there is biblical manhood and biblical womanhood, then ostensibly, I feel like hypothetically, there could be fucking in heaven. I agree. I agree. If those things exist, I mean, I'm pretty sure Paul said they didn't, at least in Christ, I, I, gender doesn't Paul wasn't exist. Paul was fucking on earth. So he, of course, he's not going to fuck in heaven. Well, no, I just mean like when he's like, there's no male or female. Um, that's like one of the two things he said, or I'm like, hell yeah, man, I can get with this. I just, I don't know. It's like, it's really God made you like innately, like either people's, either people's bits are all going to be out in the open because we lose all our clothes in the rapture or nobody's going to have like identifiable, like body parts in terms of gender, sex. It's actually sex, but like, you know, yeah, because this will be biblical manhood. Which one is it? Christians. This is is like where I want that meme of like putting a gun to someone's back. (laughs) Which one is it? Which one is it? (laughs) Make up your mind. You have genitalia or will you be smooth in heaven? (laughs) Answer me. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I, I would imagine based on everything that I know about like white Jesus, I would imagine it's going to be very much like a Barbie and Ken situation. That'd be my guess. Like the appearance of sex, yes. but not the not really actual thing. That'd be horrific. Oh my god! <laughs> I still, I still would be like low key interested in going to heaven if there were fucking. So that I just want that on the record again, Jesus, if you're listening if you to our in- God forsaken podcast. If you could include fucking in heaven, we might come to. That I would party. think about it. I would think about showing up. I would consider it as well. So yeah, well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. You know, Christianity today can be fun. So I enjoyed that. We, I, I did want to, we might do that again. And when that's a heavy news cycle and we just need a giggle. So unfortunately there was a, you know, friend of ours, friend of the pod was canceled pretty heavily. Uh, this not canceled, but just had the dogs harassed, sick, harassed had the dogs sicked upon them by one. Um, you don't say his name. Don't say his name. Don't say his name. I think, um, What's his name? He who must bearded problematic asshole that shall not be named. Oh, is it somebody was calling him like f- like furry Ben Shapiro or something? Furry Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, so furry Ben Shapiro and the the ilk. And I mean it it, it it's awful and it, I think honestly I do think if you are someone who puts anything out into the public whether it's a podcast or a tweet or something there there is a thought that crosses your mind what happens when furry ben shapiro sees this <laughs> or someone like that it comes for your twitter ass it comes for your twitter ass yeah and so and and six their you know russian army of russian bots on you of course i guess the russian bots are all locked down now these are oh that makes me sad because they're real people now mm. oh when i when i could think they were russian bots it I think it helps you sleep at night. It does. Like, oh, you're not a real person. Like, oh, no, you are because Russia can't get to us now. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. Wow. They've been locked down from the internet. So, uh, so we, we thought we would kind of, you know, make light of it a little bit and talk about what, what would our fantasy cancel canceler be? And what would we do if we were canceled in such a way? We were, if we were canceled by like whoever decided to cancel us. Yeah. So I, I have, put, I've put some thought into this 
I think that I would want to be canceled by Tucker Carlson. I've already like, I, I mean, I've already put, I've already got plans in place. Like once he comes after me, I'm going to change my Twitter name to cancel me daddy. Currently it's abort me daddy. So it's not that different, but um, <laughs> you could probably even keep it. I could it probably would, even keep that it would work. frankly. Yeah. And so my, my plan at this point would be to record myself singing a bunch of fallout boy songs, like slightly off key and just putting that as my replies or putting like not safe for work pictures of myself in the replies. Just like, here you go. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. I'm sure. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I see myself getting canceled. Honestly, obviously it's, there can be some like very serious, like concerns about safety there too. But thankfully I'm in a position where like, I am quite safe. My kids are quite safe. So that's something I don't have to think about anywhere near as much because apparently those things are not off limits for some folks, but anyway. But I imagine they'd probably hyperfixate on the, those strange videos and whatnot that perhaps. Probably, probably. That, that would then like, become the story. You're a pornographer. I'm like, yeah, bitch. Yeah. You <laughs> Sign become, up for my only fans. You become <laughs> pornography, young women, <laughs> whatever that was. No, no, no. When you wear a strapless dress, you become pornography. I'm like, I'm sorry. No, oh, you don't. God. <laughs> so on a to- completely unrelated note, I was, I, what was I watching? I can't remember what I was watching. I was comparing that guy. I forget who he is. He was some big, big wig in the church of, in the Mormon Church of Latter-day Saints. The guy oh, that talked about. Brigham you, Young? Or no, Joseph it wasn't Smith him. Or some, no, it was someone. Recent? recent I'm, I'm seeing i'm not remembering his name but he was he was active and kind of like talking about things around the same time of hugh as hugh hefner oh and basically what this person was asserting was that both of these people expanded the reach of pornography in different ways hugh hefner popularizing it in the sense of like here's a magazine with naked ladies in it uh, but this guy read by redefining pornography as like any amount of women's skin also increased the amount of pornography in the world simply because you're teaching millions of people that in the Mormon faith that shoulders are pornography. So like in different ways, they increased the amount of pornography in the world. And I just, I find that thought delightful. That's amazing. Oh no. That the church is responsible for the proliferation of more pornography than obviously. I mean, that is really funny since it was a Mormon speaking because like Utah has the most like porn consumption of any state per capita. So yeah, I should go and like look up what they actually enjoy watching. That would be, that's probably something super basic. It's probably, they probably actually I've heard the opposite from what I understand is like the more conservative a region is the more out there, there are out there and strange and sometimes like vile and violent the pornography is. And whereas more like liberal areas that are much more like, eh, are that's actually the more basic porn. Interesting. I don't, I don't, that, that statistic might not hold up now. I mean, uh, it's kind of one of those statistics you learn and you're like, where did I learn this? Is this true? We got so many fake statistics about porn growing up too. That is true. It so... is hard to sift through. Exactly. <laughs> that one isn't one that I would have heard in church. So oh, that is fair. That's fair. That's fair. Cause my beautiful mind stores so many statistics Um, and I, I don't always know where they came from. They could have come from like a random pastor somewhere. So I have kind of a filter of like, would this be likely to something I would hear in church? 
okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take down the credibility a little bit, but if it's something I was not likely to hear in church, I feel like it's maybe more credible. I could Google all these, but there's literally millions of them in my head. So my fantasy cancellation, I haven't really thought about this per se as much or as deeply, you know, honestly, I think probably Ben Shapiro or even furry Ben Shapiro only for the sense that it's like, I would really enjoy the fact that I lived rent free in their head, even just for a moment. That I, that I bothered them on some kind of soul level yeah. um, that they called me vile or ghoulish. I think that that would, that would delight me for a moment. And then of course the real world consequences, there are real world consequences. We're just trying to make light of it, but it would just, that would be like, Hmm, you, you've okay. thought about me and you've, it's bothered it you. Bothered you. <laughs> it bothered you because so much of what they have said has bothered me. And so it would feel like, Oh yeah. Oh, I bothered you for a little bit. Uh, that yeah. feels, that feels, feels like a, good a tasty thing. I I'm actually much more pedestrian in my cancellation thing. I would just, yeah, probably change my Twitter handle to have fun canceling me. And I would just not log on just for peace. a week. <laughs> peace out. <laughs> I'm going to not log in for a week and, you know, not even going to check my mentions. Just, yeah, yeah, just that's valid. pretend I have a new account at, after a week or so. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, I think that what, what happened this week was just really bizarre. Cause there's all these people like, oh, we should like contact this person's children's school. And it's like, you're going to call up the school and be like, Hey, so, um, one of your kids has a parent that like tweeted something that made me angry. I think they're racist. That's what they accuse us of doing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, that's it is really bizarre to watch to watch conservatives use the same tactics that the left uses, but poorly. <laughs> like we're gonna cancel you. We're gonna call, you know, because I mean people do that. They call people's places of work, you know, like you know, doxing them and stuff, which I'm kind of on the fence about. But it's like if you punched people and you marched with Nazis, like kind of feel like you're fair game. But it's like they're trying to do this with us, but it's like, we just tweeted something that hurt your feelings. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that one thing that I have found because I do being rather like anti-fascist adjacent, I suppose, because that's not, that's not technically a circle that I run in per se. The friends of a friend. Friends, friends of friends. No, but they're like, lots of people do get docs. Like lots of, of people, like they get their names, employers, like their photograph. And yeah, like people absolutely will like call up their employers and be like, Hey, did you know that like your, your, your dude is like out here marching around with like a gun and like random Nazi, like insignia on his person? Like, is that somebody that you want working for? Because to me, that's like a, that's like a valid question. Right. I, I think that, you know, I do think that there is a line, but I think that when you're talking about like violent like organized, violent, like systemic eradication of entire people groups. Like, yeah, that, that, that seems, that seems fair to me. The one thing I will say that I really, really appreciate is that like, they're very careful to not like out these people's children. And I wish that more people were, I wish that more people were aware of that. Right. I wish that more people would realize that like posting, posting a photo of someone's kid online is like, you need to get permission for that. That's at the end. Like you need to, you need to get consent from the parents. And if they're parents like me who don't put pictures of their children on the open internet, <laughs> yeah, the answer is no. So, you know, and everybody has to like come to their conclu conclusions with that. But I do think that like 
yeah, there are situations in which if you're outing somebody who is like actively participating in like these openly white supremacist groups and you work in healthcare, I think, I think people have a right to know that, frankly, you know? Yeah. yeah. But like contacting their kids school. Right. Like, uh, no, no, that's not that's, okay. That's never it's just, okay. It's just, like even men, like even acknowledging the fact that they have children and that, you know, where they go to school. That's like, yeah, that's, that's not acceptable. That's not cool. And it was, it was sad to see people like be like, well, that's just the acceptable consequence of whatever. And like, no, no, no it's, it's not. not. No, it's not mm-hmm. like, no. And that was, it was really unfortunate. I'm not going to say who it was or even what they said. Cause I honestly, I don't want to, I don't want to draw more attention to them because right. I think they're, they're, they're Probably done. need a little they, break, <laughs> you know, but yeah, doxing is never cool. But you know, if, if you do get canceled, it's good to have a plan beforehand. And so yeah, have a safety plan. Yeah. Have a safety plan. And I will say also like block all large accounts, like block all large like yeah, I, I pundit accounts, like pundit left, accounts right, center, doesn't matter. Like I block every single one of them. Like actual journalists, I don't block. But yeah, I would, I would highly recommend doing that. Like it, it saves, it saved me. I think probably a lot of migraines, literally, <laughs> because those people just can't, can't see my shit, and I like that. And if you create a little speed bump there, yeah, yeah, you might yeah. not get the satisfaction of living in their head for a moment. But uh, they will probably live in your head much longer. Unfortunately, that's the the nature of large pundit accounts. So we're going to take a quick capitalism break and then we'll get back and we'll talk about Ezekiel's acid trip. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Thanks for um, putting up with some capitalism. We are going to talk about some Bible-y things. Do we have anything to talk about before we talk about the Bible-y things? We don't. Um, well, one quick announcement is we did talk last week about launching a Discord for our patrons. That is still in the works. Hopefully we'll get that launched here soon, but please stay tuned for that. All existing patrons will have access to that right away, like immediately. And any new patron will obviously, they'll get access to that as we come on. One reason we chose Discord over there are a lot of different community managements and you could do a Facebook group if you wanted. Discord provides a lot more privacy and a lot more customization. You don't even need to use your real name, honestly, when you're on Discord. We will have rules though, protect people's privacy to protect people's safety. If you're being a chud on there, which no one listening to this podcast is a chud. But they're certainly know, not going to give us money so they can be yeah, in our Discord. So they can be a chud on our Discord. <laughs> but we do, we want to protect people's safety because, you know, this, we try to joke, we try to have fun, but also, you know, deconstruction, questioning the Bible, decolonizing your faith, decolonizing your viewpoints, that can be a very fraught exercise. And we want to create a safe, fun place for you to do that. And we'll also do other things on there too. But so that, that is coming, you know, we both have ADHD, so it, it will be done when it's done, but hopefully that will be coming within the next month. That's really the only announcement I have for this week. Uh, and then we Sweet. can get into our 
Now we're going to take the offering. No, now we're going to take the offering. That was so Uh, so fucked up. (laughs) It's like announcements, offering. Okay. Now we're going to read our Bible. It's like a little church service here. We had the banter at the beginning, you know, in the Uh foyer. uh We talked about uh the world's events, what Christianity Today was saying. Oh, Oh my God. turning into quite the thing. It is. It is. So, uh, yeah, we're reading about our favorite characters, but they're not really my favorite. The angels that you don't want to fuck. Yeah, these are, yeah, these are definitely That the, might be the title of this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's the fuck me angels, which big fans of. Uh, oh, yeah. This 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 Hell is yeah. a, this is a pro fuckable angel podcast. But we're going to read about some of the angels that you do not want to fuck mm-hmm. or really mm-hmm. even see, frankly. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, so we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 10 and... We'll just kind of see what happens. We will. Oh my gosh. So like this, like, so Ezekiel's kind of nutty just on the whole, uh, like as, as a book in the Bible, in like the way that, the way that white evangelicals read it and teach it, it's real weird. Like it's very, very strange. So basically like this chapter starts out with Ezekiel having a vision slash acid trip. (laughs) And, you know, maybe, maybe was originally having a real good time, but things get dark kind of fast. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I mean, Ezekiel, like he's a prophet during the destruction of Jerusalem, you know, the exile in Babylon. So So like he really needed like some Wellbutrin. Yeah. He he needs some Wellbutrin (laughs) and he just turned to mushrooms and it was just a bad time. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. But yeah. So he definitely had some, had some things going on. I am, I am absolutely pro self-medicating from trauma frankly as long as you're not hurting anybody yeah so i think this particular prophecy took place while he was in babylon but perhaps not um oh, i was gonna before. say in a cave because i feel like all prophets just wind up in caves hallucinating cave. sometimes <laughs> yeah he's he's in some you know dark place with you know as you do for safety with you know mushrooms you don't want a lot of sensory input fair fair valid so he's he's in his little cave place doing his oh thing oh my gosh and but these God's glory departs from the temple. And if this is God's glory, I'm sorry, I do not want to see God. <laughs> Just going to say it. Well, maybe God will be nice to you and he'll like pick you up and put you in a rock and you can see his ass. I can see his ass. It's fine ass. The only thing about him that's nice is his ass. The rest is just like he's hands leaving. and eyes. <laughs> that's okay. a good part because you know he's going away. All right. So Ezekiel, he's like jumps in. He's just like, I don't even understand what's happening. Right? Like I looked and saw in the dome above the heads of the living creatures, something like a sapphire gem, which also looked like a throne. So questions. Oh, um, <laughs> I saw a big rock that looked like a chair. <laughs> this, it this was is, blue. <laughs> this, this is how it's it like every trip story. I saw this blue chair descending <laughs> from the heavens. It was, a, it was also a dude. Um, yeah. yeah. So it says the Lord said to the man dressed in linen, go in between the wheels. Under the living creatures, fill your hands with coal from the fire from between the living creatures and scatter the coals over the city. So apparently the living creatures have like a fire pit underneath them to keep them warm, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Heaven might be cold. Yeah. Or at least the journey, the journey to and from. Fair, fair. So uh, this man, unidentified man with linen clothes, however, so you can identify him by his clothing. (laughs) The man dressed in linen goes in it's like instead of the man in black the man in linen, <laughs> man in linen. <laughs> it's not nearly as menacing no oh my gosh okay so now the living creatures were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in and the a cloud in, filled the man in linen 
<laughs> and the cloud filled the inner courtyard. Mm, okay. And then it says, then the glory of the Lord decided to get up, walk away. Somehow this is different from the Lord himself. Don't, I don't know. Don't ask, don't tell. I think is <laughs> applicable here. And so it says, uh, the glory of the Lord went out from the living creatures and stood over the door of the temple. And the temple was filled with a cloud because God really likes clouds. When God uh, gets up and moves, a cloud enters the space. It's like a vacuum. I mean, it seems Exodus seems to bear this out. I, I, I think that this is theologically sound. So everywhere a cloud is, God is not. <laughs> God has just left. Yeah. Makes me so happy to live in Portland, Oregon. God, Godless Portland. <laughs> so it says that the courtyard was filled with the brightness from the glory of the Lord. Again, I don't know what's happening. I wish I was on mushrooms right now while I was reading this. It said the sound of the wings of the living creatures was heard all the way to the outer courtyard. And it was like the voice of almighty God when he speaks. So the, the wings and God's voice sound similar. Okay. So, Write so that down. we have established <laughs> that everywhere a cloud is, God is not. And God sounds like wings beating. Mm-hmm. You know, this know. tracks. I mean, I'm okay. I, I feel like this is sound science we're performing here. <laughs> okay. So then God goes after the man in linen again and he goes, he's like, Hey, Hey, so take fire from between the wheels from between the living creatures. So the man went in and he's standing by a wheel and one of the living creatures put out his hand to the fire that was among them, took some of the fire and put it in the hands of the man dressed in linen. So apparently this dude is fireproof, which is like, that's a really cool superpower. In my opinion, I would not turn that down. Um, so the man takes the fire and leaves the temple. <laughs> like, Things are going great. You I, I guys got your fire. <laughs> I'm out. So he continues and it gets, this is where it gets weird. Or at least this is where the Bible said, says it gets weird because it's wheels and creatures, creatures and wheels. Always, a, always a terrible combination. You do not want your wheels anywhere near creatures because bad things happen. So then Ezekiel goes on something that looked like a human hand could be seen under the wings of the living creatures. What yeah. is happening? What is happening? Hand wings. <laughs> also, like I, I told Justin this before we started recording, I started reading it last night and there's like the thing with the armpits and I'm not going to get into it if you haven't read it, but like that, like, and now there's like hands under wings and I'm just like, this is, this is feeling really human centipede to me and I don't like oh. it. <laughs> yeah. Do not like to have the form of human hands under their wings is what mine. Oh, and. And apparently it's been the Hebrew, really clammy hands. The Hebrew term here is like an <laughs> architectural term, which that what? sounds even weirder. Uh, yeah, an architectural the, term for a hand. Yeah. It has hand forms under the wings. <laughs> okay. 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 I am more lost than I was when we began. <laughs> Moving on. So as Ezekiel says, I saw the four wheels by the this living is, creatures. Is, I'm sorry. This is like a horror movie. Like it just, truly is. I'm just imagining like, oh, this cool stuff's happening. And then he like looks over and notices that wing is made of hands. <laughs> oh God. So he's like, there was one wheel by each living creature, four wheels, four creatures. The wheels looked like shining chrysolite. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure some of our like witchy people probably do. All four wheels looked alike. Wow. This is like groundbreaking Thanks. stuff. Thanks. I really appreciate that you put this in the Bible, yo. And it said each looked like a wheel crossways you know, inside that probably, another wheel. Sorry, I will say that probably <laughs> does save ink. 
because if they didn't say that, then by biblical logic, they would have to describe each wheel in detail. Oh, that's true. That's true. So if they just say they all looked alike, people are like, oh, I was waiting on that detail <laughs> where you describe for 12 chapters what each wheel looks like, like. One was a citrus fruit. One was a pomegranate. One kind of looked like an apple. It's fine. Okay. So when the wheels moved, they went in any of the directions that the four living creatures faced. I'm really scared right now. The wheels did not turn about and the living creatures did not turn their bodies as they went. All their bodies, their backs, their hands, their wings, and the wheels were full of eyes all over. This is the part, I'm not kidding. This is the part where I told my mom, I was like, I don't actually want to go to heaven. This sounds terrifying. Yeah. I don't want to, <laughs> I do not want to see this. This is, this is like, this is a bad time and I am not interested. So yeah, covered in eyes. Once again, as Eagle points out, each of the four living creatures had a wheel, but the wheels were times, within the wheels. And how many times do you need to say this to us? Yeah, this this guy was on something. Gets even better. I heard the wheels being called whirling wheels. That is a Bible verse, you guys. That is a full Bible verse. I heard the wheels being called whirling wheels. And and who was calling them that? No one was. He just heard them being called that. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like there are very strange noises coming from all directions in heaven at all times. This is what I understand. It's a very noisy place. I feel like heaven is just sensory overload. Yeah. Hence the drugs. So it goes back into this. Each living creature had four faces. The first face was the face of a creature. <laughs> Thanks. The second Some face. Some versions is... do say cherub, but that doesn't clear it up. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But how does that differ from the face of an angel? The third the... face. Whatever. Go ahead. Was no, there another just, one? No. Yeah. I'm just okay. cherub or creature. I don't know which one's more confusing. <laughs> right. The second was a human face. Excuse me. The third was the face of a lion. The fourth was the face of an eagle because the United States is in the Bible. That's what that means. So it says then the living creatures flew up. They were the same living creatures that I had seen by the Kibar River. Whatever. So he's, he's seen these creatures before. I this is like a really funny thing because it sounds like he's really chill and we're just be like, hey, hey guys, how's it going? You're like, remember me? Like, remember when we saw each other before a couple chapters back? Yeah, we're like, dude, that. shut up. We don't have to talk to you. We have four faces. I have four faces and they're always pointing in the same direction. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Oh my gosh. Okay, what happens next? I'm like holding my breath. Okay, so again, Ezekiel points out when the living creatures moved the wheels moved besides them this doesn't really make any sense to me because he just said they were flying up so oh he explains it when the living creatures lifted their wings to fly up from the ground the wheels did not leave their place beside them so the wheels can levitate or are attached the wheel of eyes levitates Got yeah it. one of the two it's attached or it just like you know hovers when the creatures went up the wheels also went up because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels <laughs> why why did we decide to read this? Why, this no why did this survive? <laughs> How did this not get cut? Oh my God. This is really funny. Can you imagine if like, this was just, this was literally just like a transcribing error and like somebody wrote it, like it was supposed to be something else. And somebody was like, it's wheels and creatures. And like, they just slightly like misspelled the thing. Yeah. Like this is, I feel like that is just as likely as whatever this mess is. This also feels like maybe a prank. Like someone is bored. <laughs> Like Ezekiel is just like whatever. And then some of one, some scribe that Ezekiel employed was like, I'm going to just write fan fiction instead. Hey, have you ever imagined a creature 
that has four faces. One of them is a creature. And then someone's like, that's a stupid idea. It's like, no, <laughs> right. He's like, no, idea, it's not. This idea will live forever. I promise. This has wings. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm wings sorry. Hands. Handy wings. Ew, ew, nasty. Okay. So where do they go? The wheels go up with the creatures. The glory of the Lord then leaves the temple because it's bored as fuck clearly. And, uh, it's sort of over the living creatures as they're going up, I guess. Uh, Ezekiel says, as I watched the living creatures spread their wings and flew up from the ground with the wheels beside them, they stood where the East gate of the temple of the Lord opened, and the glory of the God of Israel was over them. You need to stop repeating yourself so much. I get it. I understand what is happening here. I get it. The creatures, the wheels fly away. The glory of God is over them. And the creatures and the wheels fly away and the glory of God is over. Like how many times can you describe this in one chapter? Oh my God. Paper is expensive, Ezekiel. This is what I'm saying, right? Like it is not cheap. Brevity, (laughs) my man. As short as possible. Okay. So we're anyway, last couple of verses. It says, these are the living creatures I had seen under under the God of Israel by the Kibar River. I knew they were called cherubim. Okay. (laughs) Each had four faces. I saw these underneath the God. As opposed to the other gods, you know, Baal was out there, but he didn't have any creatures. I love how like Moses makes such a big deal about how he saw God's ass. And then Ezekiel's like, not only did I see God, but I saw the creatures that live underneath God. (laughs) And then he repeats himself again. Each one had four faces and four wings and under their wings, there were things that looked like human hands and their faces looked like the same as the ones that I had seen by the Kiwar River. Each one straight ahead. Ezekiel, like, bro, come on. This is this is not your best work. That is the end of chapter 10. And then Jerusalem falls after that because the glory of God left Israel. God's glory gets bored real fast. God's glory has ADHD. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, (laughs) if if there were creatures in my house that looked like that and they just decided to leave, that would be a good day for me. Mm -hmm. I would write about that day. Like, this is the day. That the four creatures left. That the creatures left with their damn wheel. I feel like this should be a fiction book. I always think about titles for books. I'm like, the day the creatures left (laughs) with their wheels. With their wheels. (laughs) Their wheels of eyes. Um, so uh Tori, how how was this taught to you in your evangelical upbringing? So one of the things that my mom did with these particular chapters, because he's constantly talking about these different um, these different gems and stones and like whatever and so she had this little like she had this little like printout essentially that like had it was like a color printout and it was like had all these pictures of different gemstones and like what they were called because there's a bunch of gemstones in like revelation too so she would like bust this out for us to like look at so whenever we saw whenever she would say one like we would go and we would find it on like the little paper which i loved because i love bright colors and i love sparkly things and I thought that this was great. The angels, I had a big fucking problem with, as I have mentioned on here before. I was like, I don't want anything to do with with those guys. That sounds like bad news to me. You know, to which my mom said, well, you don't have to go to heaven then. Thanks, mom. So yeah, I was just like, this is weird. And I don't really understand what's going on. And I never really thought about the fact that it's like the wings were made of hands covered in feathers, covered in eyes. Like, like that part never really clicked for me. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like in the last year, there have been all these like cartoonists who have decided to actually like draw these angels from the Bible because they're 
they're everywhere now. They're like biblically accurate angels. And it's just like balls of eyes and feathers. And it's like, I mean, it kind of, it kind of looks like a slaughterhouse for chickens to me. And uh, yeah. And, and so this, but this was taught as like, these creatures are going to be in heaven with us, like worshiping Jesus. That's why these creatures exist. Yeah. This creature is going to be beside you forever. And I was like, no, thank you, please. I will wait outside. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, yeah. Really that's, not... that's about how it went. Were you taught this at all? Cause we at least read this every year. Yeah. I, you know, it's just one of those things that's like, yeah, that's weird. I mean, and occasionally somebody would be like, hey, did you see a UFO? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. So there, there is like UFO conspiracies about this, but honestly, reading it more in context, it's like he's describing this leaving the temple. So that seems less UFO-y to me than like, hey, I just saw this in the sky somewhere. Because because it is, I mean, maybe there were aliens living in the temple. I mean, you could do like a whole ancient aliens thing with it, but. I don't really. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's probably the most I ever talked about. It was like speculating about aliens. Um, really? Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, we would, I remember talking about it, but it was always just like, yeah, yeah. this is weird. This is right. There was no, there was no application or like, yeah. From a, from a more Jewish perspective, you know, I mean, historically, you know, when Jerusalem fell in this way, I mean, that was a big deal. And, and I think, you know, and deeply the, traumatizing, deeply traumatizing. And, and I think, you know, cause the, he's Ezekiel is writing from the perspective of someone who is in exile, you know, so describing our God leaving us and, you know, then destruction rains down. I mean, that's, this is, a, this is a poetic and interesting way to describe it. So I'm not like, you know, in, in ancient Near Eastern mythology, I bet this stuff is fucking rad. Totally. For us, it was always like put in the context of Jesus. Yeah. Put in the context of Jesus or like, or like literally imagining these creatures as like, what would their skeletons look like? (laughs) You know? And it's like, or yeah, you'd find some weird skeleton, you know, they'd find some weird mutated skeleton. Someone like, is this an angel skeleton? You know, it's like these weird Christian conspiracies. That's like, Oh my gosh. It, it becomes this like it cheapens that part of it. It cheapens that like rhetorical interesting part and it just makes it like okay, I guess this really happened. Yeah, it's I mean, I do find it really weird I mean, not weird like in, in context because evangelicals are very like kind of disconnected from from like their emotional lives or like huge swaths of like human emotion are unacceptable to experience. So I do think that like that, like the oddity, like kind of the freak show piece of it a little bit was a way to get around the, the grief and the horror of, of like being in exile, like having your city fall under siege from like a foreign army. Like that's like one of the absolute worst ways to die is like in that context. I mean, in terms of, in terms of like the suffering that you see starvation and, disease, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. People, people stop being people in those situations. So I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by the fact that there was like, we kind of harped on this part. It was like, Oh, all the gems, all the weird creatures, like in God's glory. And to me, it kind of seems like spiritual bypassing in a way. The way that it was taught to, to us. Yeah, like all, any any of the grief parts of scripture kind of get glossed over in a lot of ways. Truly, yep. You know, and and there is some deep grief, you know, and deep anger. The Psalms about dashing babies' heads on the rocks, like, and those get played during these abortion debates and stuff. But like, when you when you actually look at it in context, it's like this is deep grief. This is deep anger. This is deep like 
you know, these are people that have experienced, you know, physical and cultural genocide and are like, what now? Like we've sat down by the river of Babylon and we wept because our city is gone. Our culture is gone. And what, what are we now? And so, I mean, and and that that certainly has resonance for many marginalized people groups today, you Uh know, that that'll, that'll have legs still. And I think being able to see it that way, but from a, as a white person embodying the like empire that does that to people, not, you know, not the other way around. Having it done to you. Yeah. Not having it done to you. It's like, well, that's gross and weird. They're weird. Right. You know, Um, look at this weirdo stuff. And, but yeah, a siege is a freak horror show. And so rather than describing these things or like, rather than what your mom did, which is, which is, we'll accept these things as beautiful because they're in the Bible and they're angels. So they're beautiful. Right. Like accept <laughs> them more as like, no, these are horrific beings. And that are meant to depict horror. Like they're not, they're not like, that's why they exist in the story. Yeah. Because they precede a horrific event. Yeah. I'm really fascinated by this, like four heads thing now, because I'm like, that's like, that's kind of how empires work is they just absorb everything around them like through violence of course but like it is kind of like this like glomming on of different cultures like forcing people into like the same space and so having a creature with like four different faces is really interesting in terms of the symbolism like that's really fascinating to me yeah i mean imperial cultures all over you yeah, know like for rome, all the time rome cribbed so much of its culture from greece mm-hmm like mm, we like that we're gonna take that and egypt as well so yeah it's just it's a weird passage i don't know that i don't know that it has much play today as far as like meaning for me other than just yeah like when i think about it more as a like cultural story to depict a horrific event it makes much more sense than like look at how god floats through the sky i mean god does float occasionally it's true i don't know well, maybe he not might, he might There's also clouds sink. in the sky too that's true. There's clouds in the sky, which means God has left. God has left. You know how like uh, the um, like Hosea and like some of the prophets, like they would give their kids these names of like talking about things that had happened. I'm like, I want to, I want to go and see, find the one that's like closest to God has left or God has departed us. Cause I feel like that could be like Portland's nickname. <laughs> I love it. Seems, it seems fitting. I'm just saying. I feel like that's. That's appropriate. So God has departed, left the building. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's really not anybody to cast on this one. Recasting Ezekiel. Yeah. I mean, maybe we could cast Ezekiel. I don't know. There was the man in linen. Or the man in linen. Can we do the man in linen? Can that be like Morgan Freeman <laughs> going and picking up fire? Yeah. I. So, so funny thing about Morgan Freeman. He was in the movie Wanted, which is not a great movie. But he like played a villain in, in it. And it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was traumatizing. It was just more shocking that he right, was the villain. Right, because you're so not used to that. And he's like pointing guns at people. He's like, kill this motherfucker. And I'm like, you're Morgan Freeman, sir. <laughs> you do not say that. <laughs> like, oh, God. You are God oh, to God. me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. That's funny. So That's if you really want to be like. See a, a Morgan Freeman that does not match your, your imagination. Morgan yeah. Uh-huh. Watch, watch Wanted with James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie. What an interesting cast. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it was based off a comic book, but it's the it was based off the comic book in the sense that like the names were the same. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but one it of those. just it did not really match the comic book at all. Um, yeah, so I guess yeah, the man in Lennon, be um, Morgan Freeman and Ezekiel. I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody with a terrible beard. Um, <laughs> Who grows a terrible oh, no. beard? Oh no! Oh, that's so funny! Oh my gosh! Who do I imagine? Uh, what's his? Hollywood? What's his? Michael Chernus? Chernus? I don't know how to pronounce his name. He does a really good terrible beard. Michael Chernus? I don't know who that is. He was in Um Easy. That was like the first thing I ever saw him in. Um, but he's also in Severance. Okay. We'll yeah, go with him. I don't know. He just someone has he just has like a scruffy little beard sometimes. Someone with, someone with a not great beard. Everyone imagines these prophets with great beards, but no, no, I imagine them with bad no. beards. Remember how we talked about this? There's a difference between not shaving. Yes, absolutely. I think most prophets just didn't most shave. Right. That was the, that's it. Yep. That not a lot, not a lot of beard oil. Sorry, Theobrogens, your beard is not <laughs> biblical. It's actually like, is it actually gay to have a beard? I think so. I think it is gay to have a beard. I'm going to assume you're just every, supposed to not shave. That's what the Bible clearly says. Yeah, I you're think every, shave. every bearded man is gay. That is going to be my assumption from here on out. <laughs> Love it. That's fine. Actually, I'm just thinking of the men I know with beards and quite a few of them are gay. So yeah, this tracks. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gays with excellent beards. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I don't really feel like casting these angels. I mean, I guess Andy circus, you know, <laughs> motion capture for everything. <laughs> so yeah Aww. all right cool well uh ezekiel hope to not come back to you for at least another year yeah because that you're, was terrifying you're weird you're terrifying. weird uh, the bible is messed up y'all so um i hope indeed. you hope you enjoyed this and if not thank you for listening to this point anyway, yeah i appreciate it love it yeah love that if you could please give us a five-star review on all the things you can review us on spotify on apple podcasts google podcasts any of the, i think most of the main podcast places have ratings and you can rate us there please give us a five-star review those are the only ones we're taking at these time at this time so even so if you're like oh the audio quality was not great on episode 45 just keep that to yourself it's okay uh, you don't need to tell us that in a review you can just give us five stars that'd be great you can email us if you email need to tell us, us about sure. audio quality yeah absolutely Please. we always want to improve audio quality but you know don't like take off an entire star of five please it'd be great <laughs> i love when people are like on all trails because i go hiking all the time and people are like the weather was bad three stars <laughs> like, <laughs> like that has nothing to do with it does not reflect okay. the trail not at all yeah so if you could do that if you are able to please check out our patreon patreon.com slash go home bible that's where you can get goodies like mugs and things as well as a life first and coming in the future a discord community as well which is, you know, lots of fun. We're pretty excited about that. If you also would like to follow us online, Tori is at Toy Glass. I am Justin D. Gentry on the Twitters at this at this time. That's all I'm really disclosing. I mean, you can find me on Instagram. I'm not hiding, but <laughs> and we are also at Go Home Bible on all the things. So please give us a follow and share this podcast as widely as you can. Right. So Sweet. I think have we a did good it. one. I hope you don't see an angel. <laughs> Truly. I hope there's not an angel in your closet right now. Uh, yeah. Okay. And now I'm going to go check my closet. Yeah. Goodbye. All right. May all your angels be sexy. <laughs>
1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.